SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live from Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. The number two seed Phoenix Suns are going to lose their playoff series against the number seven seed L.A. Lakers. And I'm going to tell you why. Hey, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And over the course of the next two hours, we're going to break down the world of sports betting with you. I've got a pair of guests that I'm bringing in. And I'm excited, really excited about both of them. Tony Mejia going to join me, hour number one. And we're going to break down seven of the eight NBA playoff series. This show recorded early, so I don't know yet the winner of Memphis and Golden State. Though you'll be listening and you will know the winner of that when you get this. But the other seven playoff series already set, four in the Eastern Conference, three in the Western Conference. Tony and I are going to take a deep dive, break down each and every one of those series. Talk about who we like in game one, talk about who we like to win the series, talk about some of the props uh, that we're going to be looking for and highlighting throughout the course uh, of the series. So uh, I'm looking forward to an extended discussion, a playoff, NBA playoff discussion with Tony Mejia. That should be some good radio. And then hour number two, first time here on Cover It with Teddy Covers, Rex Byers from the Westgate Race and Sportsbooks here in Las Vegas is going to join us. I'm going to ask basically every question you ever wanted to ask an odds maker. In addition, of course, they've just posted lines for all 18 weeks, every single game of the NFL season. They've done it four months before opening day. So we're going to talk about that process, talk about some of the teams he likes in the NFL. But first, I want to talk about why the LA Lakers are going to beat the Phoenix Suns. And frankly, this game's not, this series isn't going seven. Six, five or six for L.A. I have a lot of respect for this Phoenix Suns team during the regular season. Devin Booker is probably going to win a game or two for Phoenix in this series. He's as clutch as clutch gets. He's a guy you want with the ball in his hands at the end of a close game. When we look at the rest of that Phoenix Suns roster, all right, we're going to take away Chris Paul, look at the rest of the roster. Boy, (laughs) there's something that stands out about the Phoenix Suns, and that is a complete lack of playoff experience. This is a team that had a great regular season. They won the division. All right. I have nothing bad to say about Phoenix. I don't think they're a bad team. I just don't think that a team that hasn't been to the postseason at all in recent years, a team where basically it's Chris Paul, Jay Crowder is another guy that has a fair bit of postseason experience, but there's not a whole lot (laughs) on this Suns roster. And when you look at the matchups on the floor for Phoenix in this game, the Suns during the regular season, again, the great regular season teams are going to bounce back well off of losses. The Suns did that all year. They're going to play defense. The Suns did that all year. They're going to have a couple guys they can go to during crunch time. And obviously when we're talking about Paul and Booker, you know, multiple options during crunch time. All of this is great for regular season success. And explains why the Phoenix Suns finished with the number two seed in the West. Whereas a Lakers team that missed LeBron for the back half of the campaign, they missed Anthony Davis for the back half of the campaign, Dennis Schroeder was hurt, etc., etc. 
L.A. obviously didn't have the type of regular season that Phoenix did. But the regular season is all in the rearview mirror now. Everything the Suns have accomplished during the regular season matters not one iota when they take on the defending champs. And when it comes to these matchups, again, Dennis Schroeder, playoff veteran. Can he handle Chris Paul? You bet he can. (laughs) On both ends of the floor, he can. And when you look at Chris Paul, of all the guys, we got to talk about Chris Paul as a reason to like the Lakers in this series. All right, Chris Paul's been in the league since, what, 2005? All right. His teams, over the course of his career, and again, you know, it's a guy who's played uh, around the league, (laughs) not everywhere, but around the league over the course of his career. Let's talk about the 12 times he's made the postseason in the last 16 years. All right, 12 times he's been in the postseason. In those series, games five, six, and seven, the games that matter the most, the games you win or go home, Chris Paul's teams, game five, six, and seven, in his career, 13 and 26 in those back end of the playoff series. Now, maybe he didn't have the better team anytime. All right. 13 and 26 doesn't cut it when it comes to win or go home type of games. For even an elite player like Chris Paul. And again, we're talking about a guy who's been in this 12 times in the postseason. Zero trips to the finals. Only one trip to the Western Conference, to the conference finals for Chris Paul. He has not been clutch when it mattered most. Devin Booker's as clutch as it gets. All right. (laughs) But when it comes to which team do we trust to be able to play playoff level defense against an elite player, Lakers get the nod. Sorry. Monty Williams, a coach we love in the regular season. Ton to respect about Monty Williams. But in a playoff series against the same opponent over seven straight games, it's a tough matchup for Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton's been a great offensive rebounder for the Suns this year. Is he going to match up well against Anthony Davis? No, he doesn't have an edge in that matchup either. And of course, you know, we talk about the defenses that Phoenix can throw against LeBron, and they will. It's a good defensive team, the Suns. I don't expect it to be easy for the Lakers, but the championship DNA is meaningful against a team that doesn't have any of that. And when you look at the series price, again, the seven seed is favored over the two seed. That's not public money. That's wise guy money. The Sharps are telling us what we already know. The Lakers are going to beat the Suns in the first round. More coming up. Cover SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204. The Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm excited about my first guest on today's show, Tony Mejia at Mejia Dinero. That's M E J I A D I N E I O E R O. Mejia Dinero uh, on Twitter. And Tony, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Are you excited about the start of the um, playoffs? Hey, what's up, Teddy? I'm doing great. This is uh, my second favorite time of year. I think I'm, I'm a little. Uh, 
little on the March Madness tip as far as uh, favorite time, but NBA playoffs always the best. And uh, I used to travel to all these games, so uh, you know that was one of the best times of my life to actually be in these arenas. And these arenas are going to start to get closer to full capacity, including uh, a game four where we get to see Kyrie Irving booed lustily by a sellout crowd at TD Garden. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we're going to see a uh, every stadium, every arena has fans for the postseason. Some of them are talking about, what, fifteen grand, 15,000 fans are supposed to be at Madison Square Garden uh, when the Knicks take on the Hawks in game one. So we're not talking about the same type of very limited capacity that we've seen uh, for much of the campaign. And Tony, I'm with you about this, like the start of the NBA playoffs as being one of the times of the year that I like the most, but for me, it's, it's got to be the, the, the beginning of football season. Football season, uh, as you get into you know, September, MLB, eh, that to me is the best time of the year. We're talking about late August, early September. Nonetheless, there are a whole lot of good times to be a better uh, here in the U.S., and it feels like there's more and more good times, and especially as the schedules this year have flipped around. We're getting the first round later. Uh, it's changing things up. That's not necessarily a bad thing at all. So we're going to break down every series that we have right now, Tony. And I guess the way to do it is to start at the top. <laughs> we'll go in the order the game ones are being played. That, to me, makes sense. I don't know if it's the best way, but it's the way we're going to do it. And that, of course, means we're going to start Myth with Milwaukee and Miami. For game one, I'm seeing the Bucks mostly four and a half point favorites now. The money has come for the Heat. Total sitting in the 227 range for the series. Milwaukee in the minus three dollars, minus three twenty range. Take back on the Heat about plus two sixty. So certainly. Milwaukee is going to remember what happened in the postseason last year against this Miami team. But now it's been multiple postseason failures for the Bucs. And it's a Heat's team that, I don't think there's any question, they played their best basketball of the regular season coming down the stretch. Is Miami going to give them a series? Is Miami going to beat them again? What props are you highlighting? Break it down for me. Bucks and the Heat. Well, it's a possibility, and you know, there's no such thing as a must-win game one. But if there's anything close to that in this postseason, at least in this first round, it's Milwaukee getting past Miami tomorrow, uh, or in, in the, the series opener, because you don't want them to start getting in your heads. And all I've been reading out of the South Florida papers is how locked in Jimmy Butler is. And when Jimmy Butler is locked in, the Heat follows suit behind him. And Giannis Antetokounmpo although the Bucks won two out of the three games in the season series this year, uh, didn't exactly do what he normally does. He averaged only 16.7 points per game. You know, that's, that's not normal. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday actually led them with 19, and, and Chris Middleton was solid too. But it was, uh, it's something that with, with Giannis, uh, he understands that the Heat make it a chore for him to do what he does in getting the paint. They wall off. Uh, they've got Bam Adebayo, who is really a, a, a natural foil for him. They can obviously come over with Jimmy Butler. Last year it was Jay Crowder that uh, came over and also did a wonderful job on him. He's obviously now in Phoenix, but the Heat signed Trevor Ariza to essentially 
become that type of Giannis stopper as well. Uh, and they got Precious Achua who will come in and off the bench. So they've got multiple guys that they can throw at them. And obviously, if you're Milwaukee, you say, well, we're going to leave that 4 1 you know, series meltdown in the past because we have Drew Holiday now. Uh, and, and he's a game changer. And, and Tyler Hero is not looking as great as he did, but you know Tyler Hero is a Milwaukee, a Wisconsin guy. So maybe he finds the range in this game one and game two, and that flips the series for Miami. So certainly I'm in agreement Milwaukee should be favored, but I think we're in for a long haul. Yeah, and I mean, when I think back to last year, I made a lot of money with Miami Heat. I was lucky that I caught on to them early uh, in the postseason, and I basically rode that team. Uh, all the way to the finals. It was a good NBA playoffs for my clients and I uh, last fall. But Miami's success in that series was largely, or it, throughout the postseason, not just against the Bucks, was predicated in my mind on two things. One is that they really locked down defensively throughout the postseason. And two is that the role players for the Heat really stepped up. In particular, the three guys, you know, Hero hitting threes, Drogic running the second unit, Duncan Robinson doing a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Is that big three, or they're not the big three, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are the big two, but is that secondary three for Miami capable of having another playoff run like they did last year, or is that trio, Drogic, Hero, Robinson, primed to come back to earth? Because if they don't play as well as they did a year ago, they'll be out in the first round. Well, I mean, I think Duncan Robinson is where he needs to be. Tyler Hero has had a really disappointing season, uh, and, and Heat fans uh, are, uh, are bemoaning the fact that they could have had James Harden if, they, if the Heat were willing to uh, have dealt Tyler Hero, but they view Hero as a, a franchise staple, especially with what he did in the bubble. Uh, but, you know, injuries, and uh, there, was, there was talk that the fact that he, he rose to stardom uh, and coming out of this pandemic was was kind of doing things that he probably shouldn't have been doing, staying out a little too late. Now the you know, restrictions are were, were lifted some uh, throughout the course of the season, uh, you know, has, has really damaged his season. So this is a redemption for him. Uh, it, you know, he's the X factor, I think. And then you know, you, you talk about Dragic. You can always count on him for leadership, but he's, he's, as he's aged, he's more of a defensive liability, uh, and we could see Kendrick Nunn uh, in a pinch if, if Dragic is being exploited by the likes of Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, I, like I said, this, you know, game one and game two in Milwaukee, uh, probably the two most important early games in these first rounds, and, and, and we will see you know, the Bucks were certainly among the most hampered teams by playing in the bubble because they have such a home court advantage through the first two seasons at Pfizer Forum. But, uh, you know, only 9,000 are, are expected to be in, in attendance, 50% capacity for them. So it's not the home court advantage that a lot of these other teams are going to enjoy. Are there any player props that you're looking at? Any guys you're looking to highlight uh, in this Bucks heat series? Guys you want to bet on, uh, guys you want to bet against, whether it's points, points, rebound, assists, whatever it is. Uh, who are you looking at, or anyone highlighted for either Milwaukee or Miami? I think we're, we're going to ride with Bam Adebayo assists uh, because it should be, you know, attainable. And the Heat have played through him more and more uh, throughout the course of, of his career and you know into this season. Uh, they view him as uh, a Nikola Jokic type because of his ability to get to the rim and pass well. Um, so, you know, for, I, I, you hope that 
odds makers don't catch on to that and maybe give me a four and a half or five uh, on an assist prop, uh, and, and he he you know plays a point forward and gets you seven or so. Um, you know he's pulling double duty because he's got a got a face on it. So in, in in all these things for player props, you have to worry about foul trouble. I don't think I'm going to play any Giannis player props because the Heat are so adept at taking his his charges and and he's he's offensive foul prone. So uh, you know and, and those numbers are going to be sky high. So I think to answer your question, out of bio assists, maybe out of bio rebounds plus assists, uh, you know that type of thing. Bam out of bio, a guy that Tony Mahale is going to highlight here in the postseason for Miami. And we're just getting started. That's one playoff series to break down. We've got six more coming up over the course of the next, what, 20, 25 minutes. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're talking with Tony McKee here on Cover It with Teddy Covers, breaking down Seven NBA playoff series. We've already talked about the Heat and the Bucks. Let's move to the next series. And this one is fascinating to me. The Mavs and the Clippers. For game one, we're seeing the Clips as home favorites. Minus five, minus five and a half, depending on where uh, you shop around. Total sitting at 218 and a half as we speak. For the series price, the Clippers... Significant favorites in the minus $4 range. Take back uh, on the Mavs, plus $330, plus $340, depending on where you shop for your future book props. And always shop around when it comes to betting the future book. Point spreads often pretty well established between one book and the next. You're not going to see a ton of variance, especially as you approach tip-off. But when it comes to the future market, each book has to adjust based on their own personal liabilities. So it's very important to shop around for the best available number. So, Clips and the Mavs. And if there was one team, you talked before the break about how Milwaukee had their problems in the bubble last year. And the Clips had their fair share of problems in the bubble. That was not the optimal setting for Paul George and company. And yet it feels like some of that playoff stink from last year still hanging on to the L.A. Clips. When you look at the game one point spread, when you look at the uh, first round series price numbers, a Dallas team doesn't have a whole lot of postseason experience or success. The Clips are thinking championship. Can LA win and cover game one and or are they primed to survive and advance in this series? Or Tony, are we looking at a Dallas team that might well be capable of pulling off an upset? I don't think I think Dallas is capable. I think the Clippers are the rightful favorite. They won Game One last year, one eighteen, one ten. They this season series has has gone actually Dallas's way, you know, two one and, and Luka Doncic thirty points per game, eleven assists, shooting thirty seven percent from three. So even with the likes of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to help along the perimeter, Doncic has gotten his way. What I worry about for Dallas is that Kristaps Porzingis has to play well and did play well in the first four games of that series last year. 
but he's such a defensive liability, Teddy. And, you know, a, a, a smart coaching staff that the Clippers have in place are going to put him in positions where, you know, Rick Carlisle is going to have no choice but to pull him and go with smaller lineups. So, uh, you know, that'll be the chess match here. It, 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 it's memorable that Doncic hit that game-winning three-pointer last year in the uh, overtime game that, uh, you know, probably one of the better moments in the bubble tied that series 2-2. Clippers went on to win the next game 154-111. to and then wrapped it up in six. So I think that's why they were so gung-ho about playing this Dallas Mavericks team. They feel they can beat them. Doncic, a year older, a year wiser, a year better, but that's a sporting cast. No worries me. I'm, I'm looking at the Clippers in six again. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I like the quotes that I've been seeing from Paul George talking about how he's in a much healthier state of mind now than he was a year ago, uh, trapped in a bubble, you know? Uh, and it's certainly a Mavericks team that's capable on any given night of shooting lights out, of hitting 20-plus three-pointers. Heck, uh, they beat the Clips by 50 on this floor early in the season. Uh, and that was, you know, one of those games uh, for L.A. that was ugly early and got worse as it progressed. But it's also a Clippers team that didn't have many of their key pieces together on the floor for extended stretches this season. I think this last week, before the postseason, where they got to rest up and practice a little bit. Probably going to work in their favor. Anyone in this series you're highlighting in terms of props that you want to uh, be betting on or against? Uh, anything stand out to you in that regard, Tony? I'm going to take uh, game one and possibly game two to see how the rotations go. But I'm interested in Rajon Rondo uh, because he's going to be more and more a part of what the Clippers want to do uh, and you figure that a lot of his numbers are going to be under the radar. He has games, I mean, playoff Rondo. He has games where he just overperforms, uh, and Reggie Jackson's been getting minutes, uh, and I, I think Rondo ultimately ends up getting the bigger minutes and, and the bigger stage and closing lineups. Uh, now, I, I wouldn't say the same for, uh, for DeMarcus Cousins, as I think uh, Tyron Lewis is happy with what Zubac is doing. Cousins will be a, a game-changer off the bench. But give me Rondo. Uh, but probably in, in the game three, at least let me see how he's utilized in game one. But he's somebody I'm targeting. Sure, that makes a ton of sense to expect some playoff Rondo to show up for the L.A. Clippers. Let's talk about the Celtics and the Nets now. And of all the series that we have odds for as we speak, the Nets are the biggest favorites to win the series. I'm seeing as high as minus 1,500 at some books. Um, the prevailing number closer to 1400 or minus 1300 but you're still, you know, laying 13 14 15 bucks to win a dollar <laughs> uh, if you're asking Brooklyn to win the series. Uh, and, of course, when it comes to game one, we've seen a fair bit of money come in for Brooklyn. Open seven and a half. Now we're looking at eights pretty much across the board. Boston, three years ago, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Two years ago, they went to the semis. Last year, the Eastern Conference Finals again. And this year they were a 500 team. I feel like this is a 1-2-3 Cancun for the Celtics. Do you agree or disagree? Is Boston going to give Brooklyn a series? I mean, I, I'm not a believer that chemistry is going to take down the Brooklyn Nets. I think those guys will be fine. I think they played six or seven games, I think, together. The big three of, of Harden, Durant, and Irving. Uh, so, And they have a deeper supporting cast. And you talk supporting cast. You've got Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, uh, who the Wizards let those two guys beat them uh, 
uh, stunningly when you know you got Marcus Smart and Evan Fournier and, and Robert Williams, who I guess is, is questionable coming into this series, and Tristan Thompson, and that's really pretty much it. So from a depth standpoint, yeah, one, two, three, Cancun sounds great. Uh, the only thing that I'm I'm looking at for Brooklyn is the killer instinct standpoint because I referenced those two, two games in Boston. The first one will be a road test, but you know, not a sellout crowd. Game four, if it's 3 nothing, and you have a sellout crowd at TD Garden booing Kyrie Irving, I want to see the Brooklyn Nets rally around Kyrie and hammer Boston. And that would really set me off for what my expectations would be for Brooklyn going forward as they're currently the NBA title favorite. Yeah, and I don't even make uh, Brooklyn the favorite to come out of the East. You know, I, I continue to look at the Philadelphia 76ers as the team that I think may well be the strongest in that conference. They have the star power. They have the depth. And they play defense at a level that Brooklyn doesn't. But maybe we'll save some who's going to come out of the East and who's going to come out of the West thoughts uh, for a little bit later in the show. Because I do want to plow through all seven of these series. And let's see if we can talk about this one real quick. Because I've got nothing to say. Denver, Portland, it's a pick em for game one, basically. The Nuggets pick em minus one at some books. It's a pick em for this series. The money has come for Portland, though. Minus 125, minus 130 now. Blazers and the Nuggets. Give me your best breakdown in about a minute, Tony. Okay, simple as this. Who's going to stop Damian Lillard and teaching you call him and now have Norman Powell? Uh, because they, the, the uh, Nuggets have been using and Austin Rivers in the backcourt with uh, Shaquille Henderson and Marcus Howard, uh, middle guy from Marquette, uh, you, people might remember. And Rivers is questionable due to another COVID illness for game one. And Will Barton isn't going to turn something in the series, but not early. He's still out of the hamstring. PG Digital won't be around. On perimeter, huge advantages for the for Portland Trailblazers. And they have enough inside with Nurkic and Cancer to control Nicole Jokic, who, although the average playing in which against Blazers this season, only 5.7 rebounds and 4 assists were below. Uh, this season averages of the Lakers MVP. So I'm riding with Portland, and you should chop around for lines. It's a little serious pricing. I know one major side has the Nuggets favored. Everybody else has Portland, uh, and uh, so you know you can get value if you shop around. So uh, Tony, it sounds like you like this Blazers team, and I'll tell you what: this is one of these series that I'm seeing strong opinions, legitimately, on both sides. <laughs> you know, I see guys that really like Denver in this series, the guys that really like Portland in this series. And as for me, I'm I'm Switzerland. I'm right in the middle. I do expect to play some zigzag between the Blazers and the Nuggets. That's not a theory that works blindly, betting on the loser of the previous game to win the next one. But in competitive series like this one, I'm interested in both of these teams coming off the loss. When it comes to props for the Blazers and the Nuggets. Anything stand out to you, Tony? Anyone you're looking to highlight as a bet on or bet against player when it comes to this matchup? Well, we'll go bet on on both sides. Uh, the bet on player for Portland, to me, I think is Norman Powell because you figure the, the Nuggets, as shorthanded as they are on the perimeter and the fact that they're going to have to use uh, Aaron Gordon on on some of these guys to utilize the length of athleticism, uh, and they'll, they'll have to sell out some on Lillard as much as, as much as he pulls up from deep. 
Uh, I think Powell will have some open shots, so give me scoring props for Norman Powell. And on, on the Denver side, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic, willing passer, and get uh, you know going to be the recipient of constant double teams. That'll open things up for Michael Porter Jr., who has really stepped up to help uh, Jokic over the past few weeks, and he's played really well against the Blazers this season. Shot over fifty-one percent from the field, nearly forty-three percent from three-point range, uh, and his season averages against him of twelve point seven points and six rebounds should really escalate due to volume. So points, rebounds, or you know. Points, rebounds, assists for uh, for Michael Porter Jr. I think should go high side. Yeah, people forget that Michael Porter Jr. coming out of high school was the number one recruit in the country. If he'd have been able to go mm-hmm. to the NBA out of high school, he would have probably been the first overall pick. Four, no, oh, three more series to break down. Stay tuned. Cover it continues right here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grand Radio. One, 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 one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm excited for extended time with Tony Mejia today at Mejia De Niro on Twitter. And Tony, we've got three more series to break down here in this segment. Let's start with the one that starts first thing in the morning on Sunday. That would be the Wizards and the 76ers. For when it comes to game one, we're looking at Philly. Minus seven, minus seven and a half. All the early money has come towards the 76ers. Total in that game sitting in the 229 range. For the series, we're looking at the 76ers. Pretty much 10 to 1 favorites. You have to lay 10 to win a dollar with Philadelphia. If the Wizards can pull off the upset, you can get as high as plus 700. 7 to 1 on Washington. So, let's start with this. I mean, the Wizards have a puncher's chance in this series. Or is Philly just going to outclass them? No, no puncher's chance. I, I think the most likely outcome is 4-1 simply because uh, Russell Westbrook won't be swept out of this. Uh, but he's not 100%. He's, he's you know, closer to 80, and Beal's closer to 70, and they really have limited help. I mean, if Rui Hachimura can avoid foul trouble, that gives them a third option. But we saw... Uh, against uh, you know in that in that loss to to Boston, how limited they are when he steps off the floor. They had nobody to deal help deal with uh, Jason Tatum, and similarly, especially with Joel Embiid inside, you you do have three centers that you can employ, and then you're you're going to try to send help, uh, but you've got to deal with both Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and then any double teams. You've got shooters like Seth Curry uh, loading up. So it's a really difficult defensive matchup for Washington. And baskets don't come easy for them. And Philadelphia is one of the better defensive teams. So, yeah, this, this looks like a, a 4-1 series. And if Philly has some killer instincts to them, it could even be a sweep. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly the, I mean, the 76ers have won the last five meetings uh, between these two teams. But from a point spread perspective, 5-0 and straight up. Only two and three against the spread in those matchups. That includes 
a pair of covers in Philadelphia. One time a six and a half point dog, one time a seven and a half point dogs. Games they lost by five and six points. Uh, and is this a situation where you might find some value in any given game with Washington plus the points? Or are you just looking to bet Philly in this series? And is there anyone you're looking to highlight when it comes to props? I know Shake Milton's the guy I've got my eye on. I think he has some good matchups, and I don't think his number is going to be very high against Washington. I think uh, you, you could probably look at game three for Washington as the game that they could potentially steal. And they'll be an underdog in every game in the series, home or away. Uh, but game three and, uh, you know, game four, if they're, being, if they're on the verge of being swept, I, I think they've got a lot of heart. Um, but, again, this is a, a series there. In game one, uh, I think Philadelphia sends a message. And this is a Philadelphia team that I don't trust as far as I could throw, and they've got a lot of heavy guys on that team. Uh, but Ben Simmons has improved at the free throw line. Uh, he's gotten a little bit more consistent. I just don't love the chemistry between Embiid and Simmons. Uh, and uh, as far as player props, um, you know, we're looking at Tobias Harris as that third option again. Uh, like I said, you figure that the, the Wizards are going to sell out against Embiid. Uh, and if Rui Hachimura... Uh, can't avoid foul trouble. They're really limited on the wing with what Washington can do. And, and Harris is a really dependable third scorer. Uh, and he, he kind of flies under the radar because the other two guys command so much attention. But, uh, you know, a reliable guy, not afraid of the moment, you know, figures to show up. Yeah, two years ago, the 76ers had a choice as to who they wanted to pay. And they decided to pay Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler. And I mocked them mm-hmm. repeatedly for that particular decision. And obviously Jimmy Butler went on to uh, carry Miami to the finals last year. And uh, Tobias Harris uh, com- could, uh, led the 76ers to a first round playoff exit. <laughs> However, this year, Tobias Harris has been a difference maker for the 76ers. He really has. And if Harris plays as well in the postseason as it is in the regular season, in my mind, Philly the team to beat coming out of the East. It sounds like you and I have a little disagreement on that. Would you like the Bucks or the Nets to come out of the East, Tony? I like the Nets. Uh, I, I think over the course of the postseason, they'll develop all, all that's necessary and barring injuries, uh, specifically to Kevin Durant. I think he's he's the biggest difference maker uh, because people sleep on his ability to defend. And he doesn't really defend until he has to. Uh, but when he has to, that length and the ability to move his feet uh, makes life difficult on everybody. He's a human spider. So, uh, you know, between him, Harden's the same way. Harden's an, uh, an underrated defender only because he, he loafs so much. Uh, and then just the ability to get, to have one of those three guys creating in a late-game situation with the other two moving around and, and being threats. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, and, and to me, Milwaukee has proven that they're beatable. Philadelphia has proven that they're beatable. Brooklyn, not yet. And so that's why I'm leading that. All right, something we have a gentleman's wager here. I'll take the 76ers come out of the East. You take the Nets. We'll be back here, I don't know, what, a month or six weeks, and one of us gets to make fun of the other guy, unless it's Milwaukee, and then we both get to make fun of each other. Let's talk about the Lakers and the Suns. And I came at the top of the show, the first segment today, I talked about why I thought the Lakers are going to win the series against the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul in the postseason has proven to be bet against repeatedly, and Phoenix... Without, other than Chris Paul, when you look at the playoff experience, it's rather slim <laughs> uh, compared to the defending champs. 
What's your take on this series? The Lakers are favored for the series, but they're underdogs in game one. You don't see that very often in the NBA marketplace. No, you don't. I mean, getting straight into the point, I think we see the Lakers winning six games. Uh, and, you know, you don't put much stock into regular season action, especially since uh, you know, LeBron played in one of these games uh, and, and uh, Anthony Davis played in one of these games. But the most recent game is the one Anthony Davis played in. happened on May 9th. No LeBron, no Dennis Schroeder, no Kyle Kuzma. At Staples Center, the Lakers are a seven-point dog, and they dominated that game. 42 points and 12 boards from Anthony Davis, who was unstoppable. And I'm a DeAndre Ayton fan, but he has no chance here. You move Jay Crowder over there like him, too. He's given up four or five inches. So if Anthony Davis plays like Anthony Davis, uh, you know that's, that's just something that the Suns are unable to overcome, and we've seen it already uh, transpire. And uh, you know, from the Chris Paul standpoint, him and Devin Booker killers. Love them. But the Lakers are specifically geared to stopping them because LeBron can, can move over to, uh, and defend Booker some if he needs to. And then you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Dennis Schroeder, and the underrated Alice Caruso that you can throw on Chris Paul just to make sure that he's ne- never quite comfortable. So really tough matchup for Phoenix. They, were, they had to be rooting uh, for the Lakers to slide to eight, and that just didn't happen for them. No, but of course, Alice Caruso... You know, LeBron or AD or Schroeder are going to get all the credit for winning uh, against the Golden State Warriors in that wild play-in game. But they'd have been blown out if it wasn't for Caruso in the first half uh, of that ball game. Tony, we have one more series to break down. That would be the Hawks and the Knicks. But before we do that, I do want to give you a minute to promote because I don't pay you to be here. So uh, tell us about where folks can find you online. Um, and uh, what you got going for the NBA playoffs? Well, folks can find me at Mejia De Niro, uh on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, help me beat my daughter uh, on Instagram followers because she's up on me, which is sad. But I, I, I really don't take pictures. And I'm, I only have it created for work. But I, And it's like a, a two months in existence. But I, I need to boost that following. So follow me on Instagram, too, and Twitter. I'm Mejia De Niro at both M-E-J-I-A-D-I-N-E-R-O. And my home is at Wager Talk, uh, where uh, I make picks and videos and uh, you know try to be right as often as I can. This summer is obviously heavy on NBA playoffs, but we'll have MLB and what I'm really excited about, some soccer. We've got European championships. We've got World Cup qualifiers. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know my footy. So um, you know, from that standpoint, we're, we're going to be busy up until – football season. I also write uh, columns at Gaming Today, which no longer exists in print form, but uh, is uh, available online as well. Uh, Contribute to the Gold Sheet, Friends of of Wager Talk, and another project that I'm very excited about. So, I I stay busy, Teddy. You sure do. We will not be talking soccer on this show very much. (laughs) We will, however, be talking about the Hawks and the Knicks. This is a series that's priced basically near Pick'em, a little bit of money towards Atlanta. They're minus 130, minus 120, minus 125. Uh, look at the live odd screen. It's all over the map uh, with the Hawks in that range. For game one, the Knicks, basically a one-point favorite. Total 215, 215 and a half. Who do you like, Knicks and Hawks? we got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, I mean, I, I think home court advantage it plays in this series to the point where zigzag might not work here, to the point where this might be one of those series where 
New York goes to Atlanta up to zip and comes back home uh, tied to two because you know for one part uh, you know it, it's it, it's going to be a fifteen thousand uh, a fifteen thousand crowd in attendance for games one and two for a hungry fan base that hasn't seen a playoff game since 2013. Uh, and they're thrilled about these Knicks and, and Julius Randle, the fact that he, he became a 40% free throw, uh, three point shooter when he was uh, in the twenties in his first season with New York and RJ Barrett getting better and Emmanuel quickly being a force off the bench that every Knicks fan loves uh, and Derek Rose as the X factor. So they've got a lot of talent, Atlanta, even more talented than the Knicks. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about game one being vital, uh, you know, for another series in Milwaukee, Miami. But, you know, getting off to a great start at home is vital for New York as well. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that uh, at all. You know, it's a Hawks team that basically got a, you know, a reset button when Nate McMillan took over. And it's a Hawks team that suffered through a multitude of injuries this season. It looks to me, Tony, like the betting markets are saying a fully healthy Atlanta is or not or two better than the Knicks. Um, would you agree with that? Yes, I'm in agreement with that. They're more, they're more talented. They have better shooters between Young and Bogdanovich and Gallinari. Uh, you know, those guys are, are knockdown shooters. Uh, and then you bring Lou Williams in off the bench to create lots of depth. Trey Young struggled against the Knicks the first two games, and then he had 20 points and 14 assists prior to being injured in the third quarter of a game that they were dominating. The Knicks came back and won in overtime in part because Trey Young was injured. Uh, so that's why they, they swept the season series. Uh, but I don't think that the Hawks go into New York saying, oh, we're, we're in trouble because we got beat three times. Uh, they're very confident because of that game. Uh, and Bogdanovich came into his own while Trey Young was out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Kevin Herter as well. You know, none of those guys are scared. It'll be interesting to see how well Quinn Capella can control the paint uh, and, and uh, whether he can deal with Julius Randle. But in case people don't know, Randle averaged 37 points and 12 rebounds while shooting 58% against Atlanta this this season. And that's against Capella, who's an underrated uh, defender and can move his feet. But uh, you know, Randle's just been a problem for the Hawks. So this is, to me, a roller coaster series. I, w I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if, if the Hawks win. Same thing with the Knicks. And I might take a stab at New York in seven just for the fun of it, which I've seen Let's as high as from much. Tony Mejia. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tony. We'll talk to you again next time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So I talked at the top of the hour about why I thought the Lakers we're going to beat the Phoenix Suns. Here at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to talk about the other LA team. That is, of course, the LA Clippers. And when we talk about the Clips, in my mind, they're the most fascinating team this postseason because it's very real. No one would be shocked. You might be surprised, but you're not going to be shocked if the Dallas Mavericks knock the Clippers off in the first round. You can't be shocked by that. The Clips 
you know, <laughs> uh, have had their fair share of postseason failures. They've been a team that hasn't had a whole lot of continuity this season with guys in and out of the lineup. They've been a team that made some serious roster adjustments uh, throughout the course of the campaign. Can't be shocked if the Clips come up real short in round number one, let alone round two, round three. And Dallas is certainly not a team that <laughs> isn't capable of winning games, isn't capable of winning at the Staples Center against the Clips. Like they did it already this year by 50 points. <laughs> so it's not like they can't do it. So the Clips have that, we're going to be knocked out in the first round potential. And at the same time, when we look in the Western Conference, we say, the Lakers team is a little bit vulnerable. They're not right. And Utah is a little bit vulnerable. And don't even know if Denver is going to get past Portland. And you say, the Clips are absolutely live to come out of the West. <laughs> you know? They're loaded. They have two superstars. They play defense. The advanced metrics vary. Pro Clippers, they're a well-coached team. They're a team that, even though we don't trust them, we do trust them. And that's certainly a, a factor. And again, they're minus $4 in the first round against Dallas, which shows how much the wise guy betting marketplace looks at this Clips team and says, yeah, they're not just good. They're legit championship contenders. So the Clips are one of those teams I'm going to be watching very closely here in the postseason. See them turn south. There may be money to be made betting against the Clips. But if they flip the switch, Clips might well be a team to ride. Not just over the weekend, but perhaps for a few playoff to series to come. Coverage continues. Stay tuned.